Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. Today, I'm going to be going over some winners and losers from the NFL Draft. I know we're only three rounds in, but these are kind of the main picks. The four through seven picks are kind of guys that are probably going to be backups or take a couple years to really work into the offense. So I think the most important picks have already happened, and I think we can already see some pretty clear winners and losers from the draft. So I'm going to be talking about rookies that were picked in this draft, as well as players that were already in the NFL and experienced either a bump in, I think, their fantasy outlook, or maybe they took a big hit. If you guys are enjoying this video, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. I would really appreciate that, and it would really help the channel out. And let me know what you guys think in the comments. Do you agree that these guys are winners or losers? And let me know some of your guys' biggest winners and losers from the first three rounds of the draft. So let's get into it. The first winner I have is Trevor Lawrence. He was the clear-cut guy to go number one. Everyone knew he was landing there. And so there really wasn't going to be much variation in his landing spot. Everyone knew that's where he was going. Those were the weapons he was going to have. He was going to have the Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson. That was already set in stone. But then the Jaguars went out in this draft and they really committed to continuing to improve the offense. They drafted his former Clemson teammate, Travis Etienne, in the first round. And then they went out in the second round and drafted offensive tackle, Walker Little. So it's important to see that the Jaguars really went out there and wanted to build around Trevor Lawrence and really continue to help him out to ease the transition to the NFL as much as they possibly can. I think another decent example of this is with the Jets, and Zach Wilson didn't make my winners list, but I think the Jets also kind of showed this willingness. They traded up to draft Elijah Vera Tucker to help with that offensive line, and then they also went with Elijah Moore as a weapon for Zach Wilson in the second round, so I think that's another example of an organization really building around their new rookie quarterback. The next guy I want to talk about as a big winner in this draft is Trey Lance. I was really vocal about this in my last video where I kind of talked about the fantasy outlook after day one. I think Trey Lance landed in the absolute best possible spot a quarterback could have landed in this draft with the 49ers. They have a great coach in Kyle Shanahan, great weapons. You have George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You also have a very explosive run game that you can rely on, which really helps take the pressure off of Trey Lance. And I also think he has a great opportunity to come in. He can sit a year or two behind Jimmy G. And, you know, sometimes that's not great. You want your quarterback to get out there and play. But sometimes a guy gets thrown out there too early, and they can never really recover from that. So I think sitting behind a veteran quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo is only going to help Trey Lance. And just to make it even better, the 49ers went out and drafted a guard in the second round of the draft. So once again, continuing to invest in that offensive line, which is what you love to see for rookie quarterbacks. Now, my next winner is going to be another quarterback, but it's not going to be a rookie. This is going to be Tua from the Dolphins. And I think he has to be a big winner from the draft so far. The Dolphins went out, they drafted Jalen Waddell at number six. And so now he's going to be paired with Will Fuller and Devontae Parker in that receiving room. And I'm going to be honest, I was a little bit concerned. They didn't go Panay Sewell with that number six pick. I was a little worried about that offensive line. But then what do they do? They go out in the second round and they draft offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg. So they filled a need at receiver. 
and offensive line in their first two rounds. I think two most important positions for a quarterback, your wide receivers and your offensive line. They filled both of those slots. And then they went out in the third round and drafted tight end Hunter Long. Once again, only helping Tua out. So I really think now he has every opportunity to succeed in this offense. And it's just really up to him to produce now. If he is an NFL caliber quarterback, then he will have a very successful 2021 NFL season. The next guy I have up as a big winner is Joe Burrow. The Bengals went out and they drafted Jamar Chase at that number five slot. And Chase was obviously his number one at LSU when they won the national championship. So they already have a ton of chemistry there. And similar to the Dolphins situation, I was concerned that they didn't take an offensive lineman. Probably even more concerned with the Bengals just because of how bad their offensive line was last year. And Joe Burrow suffered that season-ending injury. That's just not what you want to see for your franchise quarterback. So I was concerned. But then they go out in the second round and draft tackle Jackson Carmen. So I love to see that. And so once again, two most important positions for their quarterback, wide receiver and offensive line were filled in the first two rounds. So I'm really liking Joe Burrow this season and his dynasty stock in general. Next up, we have Mike Davis from the Atlanta Falcons. And I think a lot of people were skeptical about Mike Davis, you know, kind of maintaining this hype he had throughout the entire offseason and the draft but he's really lined up to be the number one running back there in Atlanta right now. The Falcons haven't picked a running back within the first three rounds of the draft. So if they go out and pick a guy maybe in the fourth round, then I may be a little bit concerned, but fifth, sixth, seventh, I don't really think I'm going to be super concerned about that. Arthur Smith is the new head coach. He was the former offensive coordinator for the Titans, and he's a big fan of the run game and play action passing. So the running back is going to be heavily involved in this offense. And so right now, Mike Davis is a workhorse running back who is currently being undervalued, in my opinion. The last player I have in the winners column is Austin Eckler from the Chargers. The Chargers went out in the first round and drafted who I think was the second best offensive tackle in the draft, Rashawn Slater. He fell to them at 13. I think a lot of people thought Slater was going to be a top 10 pick, but he didn't go there. And so the Chargers lucked out and locked him up. And that adds to their offensive line, which is already much improved from last year with Corey Lindsley coming from the Packers. And then they also signed Matt Filer. The Chargers also avoided taking a running back in the first three rounds, which is good news. You know, I don't think they were really expected to, but you never really know. Some of these NFL teams make some questionable decisions when it comes to the running back position. And I think we'll see that when we get to the losers category. But Austin Eckler last year performed well And that was with some kind of incompetent coaching and a really, really bad offensive line. So I think this year with the new coaching staff, much improved offensive line, I truly think Austin Eckler has legitimate top five running back potential this year. All right, it's time to move on to the losers of the draft so far. And the first guy I've got to talk about is Melvin Gordon. He's a guy that I've been hyping up throughout this offseason. I was really high on him up until today. He was lined up to be the workhorse with Philip Lindsay signing with the Texans. He was the main guy there. But what did the Broncos do after paying Melvin Gordon big money? Of course, they trade up and draft Javante Williams with the 35th pick. And this is just really unfortunate for Melvin Gordon. If you're trading up and drafting a running back this high, he's going to be involved in your offense. 
And I'm just not a big fan of investing in this backfield where you have two running backs that are going to be getting carries and the Broncos do not like to pass the ball to the running backs. And so I'm just really not liking the overall potential of this backfield. I don't think the offense is going to be super explosive. So I just don't think they have very high ceilings. And I don't think their floors are very high either, just because I think they're going to both be very touchdown dependent this year. Next up, I have James Robinson. This one really hurts me. I think I was one of James Robinson's kind of biggest supporters throughout this offseason. If he maintained this starting role, I was so confident that James Robinson was going to repeat as an RB1 this year and was going to be a real steal in drafts. And the drafts started off looking good for James Robinson. They went with Trevor Lawrence. That was going to improve the offense. And they also added offensive line improvements later in the draft. But what just really kills James Robinson's fantasy value is them going out and drafting Travis Etienne. I mean, Urban Meyer came out and said that Robinson and Carlos Hyde were going to be the one-two punch with ETN operating as the third down back. And I've seen some people kind of using this argument as to why James Robinson is still going to be like super involved in this offense. I highly doubt that's true because you just don't go out and spend first round draft capital on a running back if they're only going to be a third down back. Like that would be next level of incompetence. And I don't think Urban Meyer is an incompetent guy. So I do think James Robinson, he's going to be getting carries. You know, he does have experience in the NFL, even if it's only one year. But I do think the Jaguars are going to be building around Travis Etienne for the future. And you just also have to keep in mind that Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne have great chemistry. They have a really good relationship. And so Travis Etienne is already going to kind of have a step up. And so you just have to think that Travis Etienne is already going to have a step up with the quarterback as well as the coaching staff because those are the guys that are bringing him in. Now we've got Devontae Parker from the Miami Dolphins. And I want to go back to last year where Devontae Parker in games where Tua started at quarterback only averaged seven half point PPR points per game. So obviously that is not getting it done. And remember, this is when he was the alpha in that offense. That was when he was the number one wide receiver. But now they go out, they sign Will Fuller in free agency, and then they get Jalen Waddell at the number six pick in the draft. And so now that wide receiver room just got way more stacked. And so I just do not see Devontae Parker kind of breaking out of that group. And I just do not think he's going to be fantasy relevant for kind of the foreseeable future, unless there's a big shakeup. I think Tua would need to take a drastic jump for Devontae Parker to be kind of a fantasy relevant guy. I think Tua is definitely going to take a jump this year, but I think the beneficiaries of that are going to be Jalen Waddell and likely Will Fuller. I don't really think Devontae Parker's going to be, you know, a guy who's going to be helped out by these moves this offseason. All right, the last loser I'm going to talk about here is Raheem Mostert. I think going into the season, a lot of people expected him to be the starting running back for the 49ers. You know, maybe he's not going to be that full-on workhorse, but he's going to be leading the backfield of a very efficient and explosive run game. But the 49ers went out and drafted Trey Sermon in the third round. And so I don't think Trey Sermon is going to, you know, come in and be the automatic running back one. Like he comes in and automatically takes over that backfield. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think we're going to, but I think what's more likely is that we're going to see kind of just an overall split between all these running backs. You have Mostert there, you have Jeff Wilson, you now have Trey Sermon, and then you still have Wayne Gallman now lurking as that number four running back. And so I just think they're going to be kind of riding the hot hand game to game. And 
I just don't really want to be involved in that for fantasy. That's a type of situation where you never know who to start. You know, one week you start Mostert, he gives you two points. You change it up, you start Jeff Wilson, then Wilson flops, and Mostert's the guy who scores two touchdowns. It's just not something that I like to chase in fantasy. And so I just do not think there's going to be enough clarity in this run game to feel confident drafting Mostert, especially with where he's being drafted right now, which is probably about a high-end running back three. I have one last player that I want to talk about here, and I was going to put him in my winner's group, but I just wasn't super confident that I could make that clear of a statement. I'm going to kind of put a caveat on it. And so what I'm going to say is that if Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers next year and they work out this whole crazy dispute they have going on right now, then I'm going to say a big winner from this draft is Amari Rodgers. He was picked in the third round, and I really think that if Rodgers is still there, he can slot in as that number two wide receiver behind Adams. He's a guy who's more going to operate out of the slot where Adams can work on the outside. So they're going to have those different roles, and I think they're going to both be able to feast this year. The Packers offense is more than explosive enough to support kind of two top 20 fantasy wide receivers. On the other hand, if you know Rodgers somehow retires, gets traded, I do not view Amari Rodgers as like an overwhelming winner from this draft, just because I'm viewing him highly because of Rodgers there at the quarterback position. So those are my winners and losers so far from the NFL draft. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Do you agree with these guys? Do you disagree? Give me some of your other winners or losers. But that's all I have for today. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed, like and subscribe. I'd really appreciate that. See you guys next time.